your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Uh, One thing before we get into what today's show will be about, um, I just have a special announcement here. Uh, Starting next week, uh, Spotify and Apple will not be the only two ways that you can listen to the podcast. The show will also be on YouTube. I will be doing um, Restream, Zoom, but you'll be able to actually um, see me in live action recording the show. So if you want to go to the YouTube page and watch it through that way and just you know see me actually talking about the team, you can do that. If you want to keep listening to, uh, to it excuse me, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, that's fine too. You know, it doesn't really bother me too much. I'm just saying, you know, if you, or you know, if you want to, you know, make memes about me <laughs> if I make a weird face during how where I'm talking about the team, you know, hell yeah, more power to you. Um, but you know, I'm definitely excited about this. I know some of the other locked on hosts, um, you know, NFL wise, MLB, NBA, and now the NHL have been on YouTube for a bit. I finally applied about a month ago, month, month and a half, I should say, um, and. Uh, so I got clearance to the channel on Thursday evening, actually. So those are going to be starting next week. I'm definitely excited about it. I am a bit nervous. Um, just, you know, I don't want any garbage hate speech on the YouTube channel or anything like that. So overall, though, I really think this can continue to build the podcast, you know, build the following. And I really think take it to the next level that I want it to be at. So um, that is a special announcement for today's episode. You now have one more way to listen and or watch the Locked On Penguins podcast now that the show will be on YouTube. So for today's episode, we're going to go over some practice line changes going into the game against Vancouver. Mike Sullivan did make some changes. We're also going to preview the game against Vancouver as that is, I think, basically a must win for Pittsburgh at this point and a couple of other things as well. Starting us off today, though, the new look Penguins line. So um, it'll still be Gensel, Crosby, and Rodriguez on that top, top line. Excuse me. No problem with that. That top line has been really good with Brian Rust out. He's still on a week-to-week basis. Gensel's on a hot point streak. Sid, you know, he's hopefully going to start breaking out sooner rather than later. And then Evan Rodriguez has already been their best forward this year along with Jake. Now the second line is a bit different. So um, Zucker and Carter are still together. I think that duo should be together even when Malkin comes back. And I'll have a theory on that here in a second. Um, But replacing Kasperi Kapanen on that line is Danton Heinen. And I think Heinen deserves that considering that the season he has had thus far has six goals already in the 21 games that this team has played. Um, He already, if he gets to seven, uh, next game or you know whenever he does, um, he'll have already equaled his total from last year um, on a really bad Ducks team. So he's been really good for Pittsburgh this season. I think this is uh, very well warranted. I'm glad that they moved Kapanen down because his play this season outside of the game against Minnesota has been pretty crappy. Um, and then also it looks like um, Drew O'Connor 
is going to be inserted into the lineup with Teddy Bluger and Kasperi Kapanen. So that's the one I think that's pretty interesting. Obviously, I know some people are not going to be happy because the Aston Reese Bluger McGinn line has been switched up. It's been really good defensively for the team this season. It's been decent offensively as well. But I understand what Sullivan is wanting to doing, and I have you know the quotes on my email right now when he spoke to the media today. He said, "We're trying to find more balance amongst the forwards. We have to generate more offense. Some of the lines have got limited opportunities, and that's concerning to the coaching staff." Again, I 100% agree with Mike. He knows they have to generate more offense. They rank 32nd in the league in you know goals scored above expected with minus 14. That just goes to show how poor their finishing ability is this year. Expected goals, their top five, top 10, scoring chances for top five, top 10, high danger chances for top five, top 10. But with the way the Penguins, they just they haven't been able to finish all of those chances. And as Sullivan said, you know that's that's getting to the point where it's concerning with the coaching staff. So I really have no problem with Mike doing that. Um, I think these lines, you know, let's just see what happens, I I think. That's that's the big thing with me. Though Matt Vensel seems to have a a different third line than Josh Getzoff did, Um, he says in his thread here that these look to be the real ones. So I'm just going to give you guys these lines um, just because I don't really know which one they're going to do um, the same top two lines that I talked about um, Gensel Crosby, Rodriguez, Zucker, Carter, Heinen. Those are um, not changed from Josh Getzoff and Matt Vensel when they tweeted out the lines. But the third line um, is a bit different. So Brock McGinn, Teddy Bluger, and Kasperi Captain, and then Zach Aston, Reese, Drew O'Connor, Dominic Simone. I think I like those two lines better than what I saw um, from from Getzoff, where he um, Sullivan had Brock McGinn as a healthy scratch. I would have disagreed if Sullivan was, would do that. I think Brock has definitely struggled a bit offensively um, at times this season, and I do want to see more from him. But to put Sam Lafferty um, in his, in the lineup over Brock would just be a colossal mistake. I really wouldn't understand that. And again, I understand that people some well, some are going to be upset by the split of Aston Reese Bluegroom again. But honestly, I think it should be fine in the short term when Malkin and Russ come back. I'm sure they'll put those three back together. I mean, you'd have to think they would, right? I mean, Kapanen still gets to play with two pretty decent forwards in McGinn and Bluegroom. Teddy has been really good this season offensively. He already has six goals and 10 points in 23 games. Last year, in 43 games, Bluegroom had seven goals, 22 points. So the fact that he's already at six and we're at 23 right now. So pardon me, it was not 21. So 23. Uh, I am just all over the place at times. But you know, two game difference, whatever. Again, the fact that he is already at six through 23 when he had seven through 43 last year goes to show that he has really improved offensively this season. And he's also finishing on his chances a lot better than some of the other forwards on the team. It also helps that he has a 16.2% shooting percentage. Last year was at 14.3. The year before that, where he had nine goals in 69 games, 8.8%. So I understand his shooting percentage might be a bit higher, but it's really not that much higher than his career average of 12.7. Last year was 14.3, so a 1.9% difference. It's really not the end of the world. I mean, he can potentially sustain that for 
the rest of the year. So I really have no problem with that third line. Hopefully that can jumpstart Kasperi Kapanen, though at this point, I don't even know what is. That's probably the only thing that probably can, I think, is when Evgeny Malkin returns, and we're still probably a few weeks away from that happening. Um, I do think Malkin was at practice today. He was just skating as an extra. And then the fourth line, Aston Reese with Drew O'Connor and Dominic Simone. I am glad it looks like that Sullivan is inserting Drew O'Connor back in the lineup. I thought that he was a relevation while he was playing in the early portions of this season. I mean, I was even saying it on this podcast that um, he should be in the top 12 when this team is healthy. I, I still kind of stand by that. He had three goals and five points in the 12 games that he played. You know, just, Let's just see what he can do. He's obviously a better option at this point than Sam Lafferty. He doesn't do anything in the defensive and offensive zone. O'Connor can do that. Dominic Simone, he's one of the more underrated playmakers on the team. And we all know how good Aston Reese can be um, defensively. I think that fourth line will be just fine. Hopefully that can jumpstart some offense for the team. The defense, Dumoulin, Latang, Pedersen, Marino, and then Riedel and Mark Freeman were rotating in with Mike Matheson. So we'll have to pay attention to that for the game against Vancouver on Saturday. Though I, I do think that Sullivan will probably just stick with Chad. And then, of course, I'm sure Tristan Jari will start in net. Uh, so, you know, he'll want to bounce back from, I guess, kind of a mad performance against Edmonton. But um, I also won't blame him a whole lot for that loss outside of just that first goal because the other ones I think he really had no chance on. So um, I'm glad that Sullivan is trying something different. It's been past the time to change the second line. They've been outchanced, outattempted, outscored for basically every game these last couple of weeks. It's been, again, by far their worst line. The shot attempts each game are well below 50%. While they're on the ice, the scoring chances have been below 50%. The high danger chances for have been below 50%. Um, they just those three players, Jason Zucker, Jeff Carter, and Kisbury Kaplan, they have no chemistry together. And hopefully that game against Edmonton was the last time that we're going to see that line this season. It's just, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked all year. And based on Sullivan's quote, it sounds like these lines may um, stick for at least a little bit here as the team tries to get offense and improve from the worst finishing team in the league because it has been horrendous uh, to say the least this year. Now, that'll do it for our first segment of the show. Coming up in the next one, we will preview the game against Vancouver, go into the Canucks' underlying numbers, go into why they really have been struggling struggling this year, excuse me, and if changes could be coming sooner rather than later with them. I know I did a bit of a, a Vancouver preview um, last week, but hey, you know, it's never bad. It's never too bad to do another one when this is easily the last time that the Penguins will see this team. Uh, until next year. So before we get to that, though, if you're like me, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. I hope that is one of the main reasons you listen to the Locked On Penguins podcast. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. You can get three unlimited data lines from Boost Mobile for 30 bucks a month per line and a free five gigabyte phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes of any podcast you choose. All on one of America's largest 5G networks. That means more power to save from Boost Mobile. But there is a disclaimer. Free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers slash coverage. They're not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO 
underscore Penguins. So Pittsburgh, they will be in Vancouver on Saturday night to play the Canucks. I mean, that team has just been a giant mess this season. Nothing has gone right for them. And, you know, I know I touched on it on the preview against Vancouver last week, but I'll say it again. There really is so much talent on this team. And the fact that they haven't been able to get it work is nothing short of embarrassing. Jim Benning, he should have an easy job, right? You have all the high-end talent that you need for this Canucks team. Thatcher Demko is going to be on Team USA if the players do go to the Olympics. You have your franchise defenseman in Quinn Hughes. You have your franchise center in Elias Pettersson. You have Brock Besser. You have JT Miller, who is off to an incredible start. You have Bo Horvat, excuse me. You have Tanner Pearson. You have Connor Garland, who you basically stole um, from Arizona with that Ekman-Larsen trade. Um, I'm going to get it right with pronouncing his name this time. Niels Hoglander, he's put up fine counting stats thus far. Five goals, 10 points in those 24 games. Um, But the rest of this lineup, though, forwards-wise... It is a joke. I mean, Jason Dickinson, he's all right, but he's really not had a a good start to the season. He only has one goal in three points in 22 games. Um, Again, it has just been a disaster for them. I mean, Tyler Mott, Justin Dowling, Alex Chieson, and then defensively outside of Quinn Hughes, Luke Shen is a ghost of what he used to be. Oliver Ekman-Larsen is kind of washed at this point. I don't know why Tyler Myers is getting top pairing minutes. Tucker Pullman is for some reason on this team. Kyle Burrows is is on this team as well. Um, it just Benning has done a awful job assembling the team. And I'll say it again: he should have an easy job with how much high end talent he has here. You really just have to fill in the margins and make your team deeper. Surround your franchise defenseman with adequate D-man that can move the puck up the ice and not be a black hole in the defensive zone. And he hasn't done any of that in the eight-plus years that he has been the general manager. It never ceases to amaze me why he is still the GM of this team. I don't know what the Canucks owners are waiting for. There is going to be changes, I think, at some point happening with Vancouver. I'm not sure if Travis Green is going to get fired. I think he would have a job pretty quickly. I mean, I think he's doing all he can with them. I mean, it's just the roster that he's been dealt outside of his core players is nothing short of a joke. So Pittsburgh should be able to win this game, I think, if you look at the Canucks underlying numbers. They only have 48.7% of the expected goals and 49.3% of the actual goals. Those numbers are not good, to say the least. Shot attempts-wise, they're close to 52%, which, again, you know, that's not bad. But then, if we get to their goals for per 60, it's one of the worst marks in the league. 1.82 actual goals for per 60. That is bottom 10 if you go to moneypuck.com. Actually, if you go to that category and click the up arrow and you scroll all the way down, it is the third worst mark in the league. Arizona is at 1.74. Chicago is at 1.61 goals against per 60. The Canucks have been fine there, 1.88, but a lot of that does have to do with Thatcher Demko just being really freaking good this season. Expected goals for per 60 for Vancouver, 2.14. Their expected goals against is 2.24. So they're outperforming their expected goals against, again, because Thatcher Demko has been awesome this year. But they have not been able to score to save their lives. And, you know, just looking at, you know, 
the team's counting stats. You know, again, Miller's a point per game this year. He's been awesome. Quinn Hughes is 20 points in 23 games. Uh, Connor Garland has been really good. Bo Horvat, you expect that. Elias Pedersen, he's not off to the best start, but I think part of that has to do with him arriving late because of that contract situation. Hoglander has been okay. Besser probably needs to get going a little bit. Tanner Pearson as well. But then you look at their depth, right? Chieson has three goals and six points. Tyler Myers has done nothing. Luke Shen has done nothing. Ekman Larson has done nothing offensively. Justin Dowling only has three points. Tyler Mott only has three points. Jason Dickinson only has three points. Tucker Kuhlman, Pullman only has three points. Kyle Burroughs only has two points. It is a disgrace how bad Vancouver's depth has been this season. It's easily their biggest problem. It's not going to go away anytime soon. And the biggest culprit for that, again, has been Jim Benning and the way that he has decided to build this roster. And it looks like he just doesn't have a care in the world for how bad their depth issues are. So that's the preview for the Canucks matchup. It is a 10 o'clock start time on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, um, AT&T Sportsnet for Pittsburgh. I usually, in these situations... I like to watch the Hockey Night in Canada on Sportsnet just because I feel like their announcers are so much better. And that's no disrespect to Steve Mears and Bob Berry. It's more so that, again, they just they do such a better job with the overall broadcast. I love watching headlines with Elliot Friedman if he does his late at night. He usually likes to do his around... 8.45, 9 o'clock, 47 or 7.30 game. I'm hoping that he will also do them uh, at the late hour as well so I can see what he touches on because that's just one of my favorite things about the national broadcast in Canada. And I hope it's something that the U.S. adopts with ESPN and TNT if they want to do a broadcast on Saturday night like Sportsnet does with Canada. Um, again, speaking of TNT, though, I really enjoyed their broadcast of the Penguins-Oilers game. I really like Rick Tockett in the studio. His his story about his $1,800 suit that he bought after the Penguins won the Cup in 2016 going into the 2017 run was hilarious. In case you all did not hear it, um, again, so he basically bought this beautiful $1,800 uh, blue suit. Uh, the Penguins are about halfway through their second Stanley Cup run in 2017, and Sid pulls him aside as they're getting off the team bus or something, and he's like, Rick, you can't wear this. And he's like, why not? And he goes, you're 0-2 in that suit. Take it off. And if that's not a Sidney Crosby type thing to do, I really don't know what is because we all know how superstitious he is. Um, you know, remember in 2016 when they were taking the picture with the Prince of Wales trophy, he pointed for, for Evgeny Malkin to stand on one side and then he motioned with his thumb for Chris Kunitz to go on the other side. That goes to show um, how he remembers what happened in 2009 with where they stood and just how superstitious this player is. So um, I am not surprised at all with that. And I loved during the intermission, they the whole panel just took hockey sticks and they went through why this goal was scored and they basically just directed each analyst to do what the players did and say why this should not have happened. I, I it is, That never happened with NBC. You can really see that TNT takes this crap really seriously, and I'm really excited for that um, in the near future, that's for sure. But I wanted to end this second segment on kind of a funny story note, just because I'm not sure if everyone um, watched the intermission 
on TNT. Um, still have a little more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins. First off, though, uh, Bet Online, everyone's favorite sports betting website, it has you covered all season. That means more props odds, and lines than ever before as the NFL season especially continues to the march to the playoffs and remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. For basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season that has been online where the game starts. Now, this holiday season, it's hard to believe that it's coming up here in three weeks with Christmas and New Year's, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors, like the coconut cream pie, double chocolate, there's orange, there's mint, there's vanilla, there's so many to choose from. I mean, there's also raspberry and mint brownie, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it's a season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor. They will fight for it and things could get out of hand. And trust me, um, some of my family at my house, when the Built Bar's come in for me, um, they will try to fight me for a couple of the flavors because they like them just as much as I do. Now, are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a little bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice, melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand as well. There is still that offer. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. The road ahead for Pittsburgh after this game against Vancouver. They will meet old friends Brandon Tanev and Jared McCann in Seattle on Monday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And boy, Pittsburgh could use both of those players right now because here's a stat that I'll throw at you all um, towards the end of the show. Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev, they have combined for 18 goals this season. Jason Zucker, Brian Russ, Kasper Kapanen, Jeff Carter, 16 combined. Um, the first person that had this stat was Mad Chad of the Chad and Eddie Show. Listen to their pod if you haven't already. They do a great job as well with their coverage of the Steelers, Pirates, and of course the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, I mean, that just blows me away and again shows that this team has not done a good job with finishing this season, but also um, letting Jared McCann get away was a really stupid decision from Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. It was dumb at the time. Um, I'm glad everyone resented it, including myself, and it's gotten even worse as the season has gone on because they really could use him right now, um, not just for goal scoring, but for playmaking as well. Um, they also could use him as a second or third line center. 
with Evgeny Malkin out. He was great on the power play last season. We all know how bad the power play was to start this season, even though in the last eight games, I think it, you know, it's been hovering, I know for a fact, over 30%. The first 14 to 15 games, um, it wasn't even at 15%. So it's gotten better as the season has gone on. But again, I would love to know what it would have been like if McCann was there for it. And I really just think, uh, I, I'm not going to go fully into it, but I think the Penguins just, they valued the wrong things um, with this expansion draft. I understand why they needed to protect Carter because they thought that Seattle was going to take him. 100% understand that sentiment. But, you know, when you're protecting a player such as Teddy Bluger, I think, over Jared McCann, and, you know, don't, no disrespect, Teddy. I, I think he's been a great player for the team this year, um, a lot better offensively, that's for sure. Um, I just think that's a little troubling because you're protecting a bottom six forward over someone who mainly plays in the top six. I, I know some people are going to give Hextall some grief about Kapanen over McCann, but I don't think anyone saw this kind of season coming from Kasperi. You know, his shooting percentage is awful. He's not getting the chances that he got last year. I, I know his center has been out, but he's, you know, he's still been pretty bad. So I was more fine with that than I was um, having Bluger protected over McCann. I, I, if I, in a perfect world, I would have protected both. And that's what I had on my list when I told you all over the summer. So it made no sense. And especially with trading him, they got Philip Hollander back who, I mean, I don't really know what kind of impact he's going to have in the NHL level. I doubt it's going to be really big, but Hextall and Burke definitely blundered that situation. I mean, I would have loved to see what the team would be looking like right now um, with McCann, that's for sure. Because if you do protect McCann over, you know, a Teddy Bluger or even a Kasperi Kapanen, let Seattle take one of those fourth liners. I really don't think they would have taken Aston Reese. That's the thing. I mean, he was available to Seattle, and they still took Brandon Tanev. I, I, I think they would have taken Tanev, that's for sure, because I don't really think Ron Francis knew what he was doing that much. But that's just my take on that. I'm excited to you know watch that matchup against Seattle on Monday and see what can happen with that. And then the Penguins will actually have a few days off before coming back across the country to play Washington on the road, and then they will come home to Pittsburgh for a few games. And then around the league a little bit, Pittsburgh is still um, in fine position for the playoffs. The Islanders continue to really struggle. I think they have to have a 650 to 660 winning percentage the rest of the way to get in. The math is definitely not on their side. Um, they have an extreme case of a peak penguin season with a lot of injuries. Their COVID situation was worse than Pittsburgh. Um, I feel pretty bad for Barry Trotz with what he's had to deal with with that team this season. Philadelphia, they continue to stink up the joint. They've lost almost 10 in a row. I'm not really sure what's going to give there, but you know, you can definitely see that a lot of moves that they made over the offseason don't seem to be panning out so far. Except for Ryan Ellis, because he's been banged up the whole year. I don't think anyone saw that coming. So he gets a pass um, in my regard. About the rest, I mean, Rasmus Ristolainen, I mean, we all knew he was going to be bad. Cam Atkinson for Jacob Voracek. I mean, Atkinson's been fine, but I think that was still kind of a weird trade to do at the time. But that said, the division is a lot more competitive than I thought it would be this year. Columbus is playing a lot better than I thought. The Rangers are playing well, even though their underlying numbers stink. They just keep getting carried by their top-tier talent. Um, and that includes Igor Shostorkin, who I think may have survived a pretty big injury scare on uh, tonight. He looked to almost blow out his knee, but uh, Gerard Gallant said after the game that it looks like it's minor. 
and that he's undergoing further tests. So glad to see that he is okay because he's also putting together a pretty strong season thus far along with Tristan Jari. But that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I appreciate you all listening to this one. Um, Again, starting next week, the show will be on YouTube if you all feel so inclined to come watch me do the show in live action. And again, I really do think that this will help take the show to heights that it's never been at before. So thank you all so much for listening to this one. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see what the Penguins can do on Saturday night in Vancouver to get their first win of the road trip. I'll talk to you all on Monday.